Well, I just wanted to share a couple of passages of Scripture with you real quick, just to kind of focus our thoughts. Uh, The first one is from Psalm uh, chapter 40, verse 5. And the psalmist says this, You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. And I think that's a really good thought for us this morning as we're going to see some videos, as we're going to hear from some people and celebrate some people of all the great things that God has done through this church in the last 10 years. And just like that verse says, there's really more than can be told in several services. So today we want to give God the glory for that. One other passage I want to read, similar vein from Psalm 126. It says this, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Our, mouth, our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with shouts of joy. And it was said, among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The psalmist is saying, amongst everybody else, they were looking at the people of Israel and being like, wow, look at all that God's done. And he says, yes, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. He says, restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. There's been a lot of work that's gone into this first 10 years, right? Nine of those 10 years, I believe, or something like that. Well, 10 of those 10 years being portable, But a lot of those years being in here, setting up, tearing down, you know, and people who are uh, weeping at times at all the work and the labor and everything else that goes into making church happen week by week. And today, we want to celebrate with shouts of joy for everything that God has done and the lives that have been changed. Amen? Thanks for being here to celebrate with us. Um, we've got a video here that kind of is a, is, a, is a neat little reflection time from some of the original founding early members. Uh, we actually went on site to a place called Kids Are Kids, just a few miles from here, Child Daycare Center, where some of the first services took place. So let's just kind of enter into uh, their minds and their memories and stroll down that memory lane as we begin our service. Good morning. I mean, 10 years of seeing God do an incredible thing. Um, there are some of you that know my story, a part of how I became part of Northwest, and there are some of you that do not know my story and how uh, my, my family, we came uh, to be a part of the Northwest Church family. Uh, my name is Matt Rice, and I'm the Care and Connections pastor here at Northwest, and I've been on staff for four and a half years. Um, I was a staff pastor in, from, two, from 1999 to 2008, and our church, it was Apex Baptist Church, decided we wanted to reach people with the gospel of Jesus, and we were studying different areas of where the growth was taking place. And so we uh, studied and we prayed, and the the, the leaders of the church, we were were directed to a place, we called it Amberley, we called it Northwest Cary. And so in 2008, a team of 40 people gathered together in a choir room of a church and started talking and dreaming about what it would look like to plant a church in Northwest Cary. 
At the same time, there was this guy named Brian Eisner that was dreaming and planning of doing those, some of those thing, same things together. So in 2008, of June of 2008, 40 of us left our, my church, of Apex, um, Apex Baptist Church, and we started meeting at Carpenter Elementary School in June of 2008, and then we moved to Mills Park Middle School, and we were together for five years. Um, God did some incredible things, and we saw God move in pretty significant ways. But there came a point in time where we needed to do something different. We didn't feel like we were as effective as we could be. Um, I met with this pastor several times. His name is Brian Eisner, and he's incredibly persistent. You're family, so you're laughing right now when you know that's true. And we started talking about coming together and being one church. And so in February of 2013, Northwest Community Church and the Creek Church, where I was the pastor, we became one church for the glory of God. And and the purpose was that the purpose of that and the purpose uh, that purpose then and the purpose now is the purpose of reaching people with the beautiful message of Jesus, and that's why we came together. And so we've been together for, that's the journey that we've had. Um, I, I remember there's just been so many people that have been a part of that journey with us. And uh, I, there's a statement by a pastor named Andy Stanley that says, do for one what you wish you could do for all. And just this morning, I want to recognize two people that sat in the choir room and said, I'll follow you. So, so this, this first guy, um, he, I don't know if church was a big part of his, his life at the time. But it did, it became a big part of his life. I laugh because to this day I have a 14-year-old son and 11, a 14-year-old son, 13-year-old daughter, 11-year-old um, son and a 10-year-old son. And to this day, I did not teach any of them to tie their shoes. Why? Because this guy was in my life group and they didn't listen to me. And we went bowling and he sat down and taught my son how to tie his shoe. He then taught his sister how to tie their shoes. And, and that's, I tell that story because that's what it means to do life with people. been good and um i just i just want to recognize dale hyatt and i want you to come up here man and i want you to know that i love you he is involved he stands at the front door with his wife i had the honor and the privilege front row seat. Wow. I had a front row seat in a choir room to see God change this guy. And I love you, man. Oh, boy. Thank you. Thank you. I, um, one, one more. I would like to recognize from someone who's been a part of the journey, and this lady has encouraged 
my my family beyond I, words do not express. She's incredibly involved. She always says yes. She always gives feedback. Your kids know Jesus better because of her, without hesitation. She is a servant of the Most High God in the highest way possible. She's loyal, she's been faithful, and she and her husband sat in that choir room on the front row. They challenged me, they encouraged me, and they said, we're all in, let's go. And so I just want to have the opportunity to recognize Miss Sherry Ellis. Please come forward. Sherry has been teaching in Northwest Kids, but before that, we called them the Creek Kids. And now they're Northwest Kids, and so, Sherry Aller, I love you, and I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, man. Matt, we talked about this being a quick, quick exchange, you remember? Oh, man, we do want to give honor to whom honors do, and um, volunteers are a really important thing around here, as they are at every church, um, but scripture talks about that, give honor to whom honors do, and we've got two additional people that we just want to recognize. Um, uh, this first gentleman has been involved in, in my life um, at, at Northwest since the beginning, 10 years ago, but in my life since the year 2000, when I first moved down here. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and call him up here right now because we'd like to honor him. His name's Mr. Brian Hoig. So Brian, come on up here, please. <laughs> Brian uh, was a, a student volunteer with us when, when we were at Colonial uh, Baptist Church back way back when, 17 years ago. And um, believe it or not, this guy's quite a jokester. Uh, I remember one time we were on a trip in St. Lucia, and the place that we were staying had these remote control air conditioning um, things. And this guy, for some reason, grabbed my remote control and in the middle of the night would turn it way down to like 55. <laughs> and I'm like in shivering, believe it or not, and I've got like a wet towel over me like anything. What is wrong with this thing? I'd get up and tinker with it and he'd be back there giggling like a little schoolgirl, you know, like <laughs> turning it back down again. And, and every day I just, of course, couldn't help but complain and talk about it. He's just back there giggling. But anyway, Brian, if you know Brian, he's a behind-the-scenes guy, but he's an unbelievable servant. And when we talk about our trips to Kenya, lots of the things that go on with any of our mission global partners, how many times have you been over to Kenya? He's been over to Kenya 14 times. And this man has an incredible servant's heart, and so we got you a pedicure, because I know you enjoy those. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm kidding. But, uh, but uh, go out to eat a couple of times with your beautiful wife, and just, um, and just know that this church loves you, and uh, you've done an incredible job serving God in many, many ways. Thank you, brother.
Um, and I'd like to call up a, a woman um, who has been an incredible part of this church for a long time. Um, again, more behind the scenes. Um, I'm just going to call her up here. Her name is Debbie Braswell. Would you come up, please? <laughs> Debbie. This woman just walked in a couple of minutes ago. Why? Because she was back there cleaning up all the coffee stuff that she prepared and prepares every week, she and her family. And in addition, I don't know if you've noticed, maybe at times you come forward for counseling or for prayer or you're having a conversation or whatever else after the service ends, after the second service, and one of the last people out of the auditorium is this woman. Because she's going up and down the aisles, cleaning up garbage and um, copies of September at Northwest that people have left <laughs> and communion cups and everything else. She's a deaconess. She serves endlessly. She's a cancer survivor and what your family's been through. <laughs> now, we did get you some of those things I was talking about with Brian. Okay. So enjoy a nice massage and a night out to dinner and some other stuff from our church and from our staff. We love you and we appreciate you, Debbie. Thank you. Thank you. Check out one more video, a little bit more upbeat about here's what's happened in Northwest over the last 10 years. We've had a, we've had a tough year here at Northwest. Most of you don't know it. That's good. Uh, it's just been a tough season for some of us, and uh, I think there's been a lot of whispers over the last uh, few weeks and months to me that nothing's really mattered, and uh, what's taken place so far tells me that that's not true. And uh, I've said many times in the last, uh, even in the last week. It's incredible that we serve a God who, in spite of us, chooses to bless us. You know, the depth and the mercy of God, we think we understand it when we come to faith in Christ. But then on a regular basis, as we're becoming like him, where he's continuously patient and faithful and kind and good, in spite of us. And that's such an awesome thing. And, and I got some things that I want to that I want to share and uh, I have some memories. Um, I, I, I can remember early on thinking, will anybody come? In fact, I, th I had this thought, would I come if I wasn't speaking? Like I, I've I've had those thoughts uh, since then, by the way, on a Sunday morning. Like, would I even go if they weren't expecting me to get up and yap for 35 or 40 minutes? And then I thought, in Keene's leading worship, why would anybody come? You know, I've thought that <laughs> several times. And several obviously shared my same thoughts, Keene. It, it wasn't just me. I can remember the first Sunday we gathered in this auditorium, uh, hoping people would spread out so it would appear as if we had at least critical mass uh, in the room. 
And, uh, and then there's so many, just so many great memories of, of Northwest, uh, the new life in Christ. When I look at my friend Pepe Toro, dude, and I remember uh, sitting in his kitchen sharing Jesus with him, him texting me later that night saying, we put stakes in the ground, we're followers of Jesus. Doesn't get any better than that, does it? When I look at our ministry to kids back there, even right now, there's younger children that are back there, and there are people that are faithfully pouring in uh, to those lives uh, back there. How great was last Sunday with our students? I mean, as an old dude that did youth ministry for so long, it doesn't get much better than that either, to see kids that don't just love playing games and laughing together, but are serious about the things of God and making a difference for the cause of Christ. Countless things that have happened in women's ministry, women's lives who have been touched as women have come alongside of them and ministered to them, sometimes in their deepest, darkest hours. Men's ministry, men's fraternity gathering at 6 o'clock in the morning because... Charlie Rogers is an early riser, and he decided it would be a good time, right? But guys gather at 6 o'clock, and to see those men come in and, and, and just want to be better husbands, want to be better dads, it's been awesome. I remember one Sunday when there was a couple in our church that had a death in their family outside of the country, and I found out about it and went to the elders and said, hey, let's take an offering, and that day... We received an offering that was greater than all of their transportation cost, uh, their hotels, everything, and we just gave it to them. I'll never forget that day, to seeing the body respond immediately to a need. I love during our Irresistible Influence campaign, that was a really awesome thing. What a scary time that was. And then to see God do something really incredible there. Our Joy to the World project, you saw pictures. Thousands of kids and adults experienced uh, the love of people halfway around the globe. What a great thing to be a part of. I'll never forget the conversations, by the way, with Matt. Matt referred to them, our conversations. Matt was scared of me. And I know that's really hard for most of you to believe that Matt was scared. But Matt actually called me to meet with him uh, for lunch prior to both of us launching our churches, and I sat with him at Chili's, and I'll never forget, after about 45 minutes, I just loved him. For most of you, it doesn't even take 45 minutes, right? You just love the guy, and I looked across the table at him, and I said, why don't we start a church together? Now, mind you, we just met. Why don't you just come with us, and why don't we? And he went, huh. I knew what the answer was uh, to that at that point. He didn't feel the same warmth towards me at that point. <laughs> but, but, but how great is it uh, to have seen that, that, that picture of the big C church uh, happen? That was such an awesome moment. Well, I'm going to run out of time real quickly. I, I just... I thought, you know, it's so easy to get up here in these moments, and it's really easy just to... Uh, talk about all the great things uh, that have happened, but in any of life's journeys, you also have uh, regrets as well, right? And I know during these times, it's not really good to necessarily talk about regrets and talk about things that you wish you did differently, but, uh, but I have two this morning. 
out of 200 that I'm going to share with you. I think the first one for me is that I wish I loved Jesus more than I apparently do. I know some of you hear that and you think, but you know, what does that mean? That's pretty scary for a pastor to get up and say, you know, he wished he loved Jesus more than he apparently does. But here's what I mean. I mean, Francis Chan said in a sermon that I listened to recently, he said, we are as close to God right now as we choose to be. We're as close to God right now as we want to be. In other words, there isn't anything stopping us from being everything that God wants us to be and from becoming more like him except for us. We're as close to God as we want to be right now. And I recognize as I look back at 10 years at Northwest, I realize that my life has to exemplify in a, in a much greater way the change that comes when the Spirit of God breaks through somebody's heart, takes up residency in their life. The world, the, 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 the cynical, broken world needs to see Christ followers like me who live differently. This world isn't my home. I'm just passing through. There's an old course that says, this world's not my home, I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't be at home in this world anymore. And that's what my attitude is to be. The things of the world don't last. One day they'll all be gone. They'll rust. A, a better model will come out. Somebody will take it. Your kids will borrow it and never bring it back. Things happen with stuff. And so therefore, I have to live in such a way that the world sees something different. Paul said in Ephesians 4, 21, he wrote this, assuming that you've heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through the deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for the building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And can I just say as one of your pastors, that's the desire of my heart. It really is. I want to set for you an example. I know Jerry feels that way. I know Matt feels that way. Our entire staff. We want to be people who live that out. And so one of my great regrets and disappointments is that 
I haven't loved Jesus as much as I apparently thought that I did. Number two out of 200, only giving you two. I wish we would have risked more for the cause of the gospel. Some of you know me well and others of you don't, but I'm a risk taker. Um, I tell people I'll take risk in every, areas of my, every area of my life except as it relates to something that I think I could die doing or get hurt. And, you know, I took the month of July off, and uh, July 11th, um, um, I water skied or tried to water ski. I, I did last summer, and I got right up, man, and I was perfect form, and so I thought, hey, it's only been one more year. And I'll tell you the story sometime, but uh, that was a risk that I should not uh, have taken and had dire consequences and will probably for the rest of my life. But I wish we would have taken more risks for the cause of the gospel. Some of you will remember, you've been here long enough, we, um, we passed out DVDs to every door in Cary Park back when we first started. We had teams and they canvassed the whole area and we went up and down the street and we, we hung the DVDs on the, uh, on the doorknobs of every house in Cary Park and the surrounding uh, areas because we wanted everybody to have the gospel. And that was really awesome, and it was really great, and was something that, that we should do. But you know one of my greatest regrets? One of my greatest regrets is that we didn't go back a couple weeks later and knock on the door and say, did you, did you, did you watch our DVD? Did you know that, 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 that Jesus can come into your life, and he can transform, and he can, he can change your life, and he can, he can make you a new person? Why didn't we do that? I refer you back to point one of this little sermonette. Apparently, I, as a leader, didn't, didn't love enough to risk enough. We didn't do it. There was a man who died recently, and I have no reason to believe that he was a follower of Jesus, but I do know that he was quoted as saying these words. Some of you will recognize who it was. I won't tell you who it was. He said this, I shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that I can do or any kindness that I can show to any human being, let me do it now. Let me not defer or neglect it, for I shall not pass this way again. Pretty awesome for somebody to say those words who's not a follower of Jesus, isn't it? And then for those of us who have been supposedly changed by the gospel not to be willing to risk and to do everything that we can do for the cause of Christ. Can I say to you that we must do everything we can with all the energy that the spirit of the power of God who raised Jesus from the grave, with all of that energy that he can give us, we have to use it all so that we can point people to the life-changing message of the gospel. We have to be willing to risk. Why? Because we will not pass this way again. 
We have but this moment on this planet at this time to make a difference for the cause of Jesus Christ. And here is the simple thing that I know to be true. It's never too late to do things differently if you have life. I am known for my profound words of wisdom, and that's one of them right there. Like if you're sitting here today and you're breathing, and most of you look like you are, some of you I'm questioning right now because you're kind of fading in and out a little bit, but if you're sitting here this morning and you are breathing, then here's the cool thing, and this is the great news about the gospel and about the the powerful changing uh, ability that the Spirit of God has to come into your life and do a new work. You and I can change. We can be different. As long as God gives you that next breath, as long as God gives me that next breath, I can change the way I've lived thus far, and I can do something differently. And so as we celebrate the 10 years that God's given us here at Northwest, this first decade of of influence as an expression of his bride, the church, in spite of flawed leadership, me being chief amongst them, and in spite of a fellowship of people who at times maybe haven't been as passionate about the gospel as we should have been, God has done a good work. We're grateful for that, aren't we? But with God's enabling through his spirit, who raised Jesus from the dead. I would love for you to join me this morning in a renewed commitment to go all in in the mission of the gospel as we enter the next decade of ministry here at Northwest. I want you to love Jesus more than you've ever loved him. If you're here this morning and you've known Jesus for 60 or 70 years, I want this next year to be the year which you love him more than you've ever loved him. I want you to be more passionate for his cause. And I want you to personally take risk. I want you to corporately, as we together personally take risk, I want us together corporately saying we are going to take risk for the sake, for the cause of the gospel. In fact, sometimes outside of finances, let's just be stupid crazy for what we do this next decade. I want somebody to be with me. And if I was preaching down at White Oak right now, they'd be, they'd be with me. I'd know that they were with me. Maybe I should deliver it there. I want you to take risk with me over the next 10 years. If I, if I water ski again, I might not make it another 10 years. But if you're still here, I want you to take risk with me for the cause of the gospel. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, it's one of my favorite verses. I've got several thousand of them, so I use that phrase quite often. It's one of my favorite verses. Jesus said, the thief comes only to to steal and kill and destroy. And can I tell you that I think the thief, the evil one, has tried to do his best to destroy what God wants to do. 
And yet Jesus said, and this is why I love this verse, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. In fact, one translation says, I've come that you might have life, life to the max, life to the full. And that only happens when you love Jesus tomorrow more than you do today. It only happens when you are willing to take gospel risk, when you're willing to lay it all on the line. That's abundant life. That's what he said we were supposed to have. Because of that, I believe the best days of Northwest are yet ahead of us. I firmly believe that. As great as that is, that ain't nothing. Be here in 2027 if Jesus doesn't take us. You're going to look back at that and you're going to go, that wasn't so great. Let's do this. This is awesome. Because we're going to love Jesus more tomorrow than we love him today. And we're going to take gospel risks. I want you to know I love each one of you that I know and even that I don't know. Some of you are new and I've yet had to have the opportunity to sit personally with you. I know most of you know at least one of our staff members in that way. But I love you. And I want to tell you thank you. Especially those of you that have been here a long time our first worship leader, and others. So I'll give you just one more little jab there. Can I just say this? Thanks for giving me one of the greatest privileges. Outside of being uh, a husband to the most incredible pastor's wife, can I just say that real quickly too? Short of being the husband to Diana and the father of my three kids, this is the greatest privilege for you to allow me, in spite of my many flaws, and they are many. If you stick around long enough, you're going to discover them. Thanks for letting me be part of Northwest. I, uh, I thought about... Um, the cool memory of the softball picture, you saw that earlier, how great that was. That was my brightest moment in sports in my whole entire years, I was winning the church softball championship. It was just so awesome. It was, I, I, I thought, speaking of flaws, I thought that was, that was the same season, I think, that I and another elder got kicked out of a softball game. Just, <laughs> elder's name will remain nameless. You know I was part of the, the fray. Didn't hit anybody, I will tell you that. And so I say to you, in spite of, in spite of the flaws, thanks for loving me. Thanks for loving our staff. And I pray that you'll, you'll, you'll get on the journey with us. Personally, love Jesus more tomorrow than you do today. And take gospel risk. That's where we plan on leading you over the next 10 years, if God allows us to do it. Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, we preached this months ago, I thank my God in all of my remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy. 
because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I'm sure of this, Paul said, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Then he said in verse 7, it's right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace. Isn't that awesome? I said this morning to somebody, you know, usually at this moment when we say we want to pray together, we think of who's the man in the church that we're going to bring up here and have pray, right? And I don't know why we do that, because we love you women, but we just always think that way, right? Who's the man that we're going to bring up here to pray? When we were talking about this as a staff, I told Jerry, I said, there's one person I want to pray on our 10-year anniversary. Probably several, but I have to pick one. And I chose Sandy Russell to do that. Sandy, would you, would you come up at this time and just make your way up here? And uh, Jerry and Matt, would you come up here with me? Where's Matt? I see you, Jerry. Where's Matt? Where'd he go? He's a small <laughs> Yeah. He's a really bad pastor. See, I'm not nearly as bad as you think I am, and you all think he's so wonderful, and he's on a smoke break. Is that what he's doing? <laughs> Kids, that's not true, all right? Not true. Pastor Matt does not smoke cigarettes. All right. Well, this is, um, some of you don't know her because you're fairly new to Northwest, but um, Jerry would agree with me on this. We, we love this lady. Uh, we love a lot of these ladies here, by the way, the, the, the ones that are like over 30. Oh, right. Yeah, that's yeah, which right. what we're that's talking right. about. Yeah, we the, You're like just a little over 30, but Sandy, we 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 were kind of debating whether or not it was her birthday. She always gets her Facebook account hacked. And um, like I've probably had 43,000 Facebook uh, friend requests from you over the years cuz she always, yeah, at least 43,000 cuz she gets hacked all the time. And so I said to Jerry this morning, I said, "Did you realize that Sandy's birthday was yesterday?" And Jerry goes, I don't think so. I said, I know. I thought she just had one, too. You like to have two or three a year. That's what you... Five I had last year. Yeah, five we had last year. <laughs> so I went there this morning, and I said, was it your birthday yesterday? And she said, no, Facebook hack again. So I'm glad that I saw you before because I was going to go, let's all stand and sing happy birthday to the guy that hacked your Facebook account. So... But uh, we love this lady. She came to us. She lives over in Carolina Preserve. And what year did you come to Northwest? In 2008. 2008. Matt, Matt Rice, can you come now? I just see you back there. Come now. Smoke break's over. Let's go. Come on. Yeah. Come on up here. 2008, and so almost from the beginning, uh, Sandy was here and has been such an incredible blessing to this church. Just an incredible blessing. Uh, to me personally. You have been. Don't look like that. You have been. If you, if you want to learn how to pray, you come to our elder prayer meeting that we have, that we open up to the body. You come and pray with us on the first Monday night of the month. And between Sandy and my mother-in-law, they will teach you how to pray. I say that seriously. And Sandy, we know, Jerry, Matt, and I, we know you love us in spite of us. Indeed I do. And uh, 
I, I, I so uh, love your walk with Jesus and your passion uh, for the gospel. Even at 45, you just seem to really, <laughs> you just seem to really embody what it means to do what I just said, to uh, love Jesus more uh, today than you did yesterday, and to take gospel risk no matter what your age is. And I love that. And so what I wanted you to do, I want, I want you guys to stand right now. Are you, I'll just I'll tap you on the shoulder when it's time to stop, okay? And I just want you to pray God's blessing. Uh, Jerry and Matt and I are representing our elder team, uh, but pray God's blessing on our church, and that the ten years that are coming up will be even much greater, and God will do greater things than He's done over these ten years. Would you do that? I would. Do okay, that. that'd be awesome. What a privilege this is! I can't tell you. <laughs> how, how blessed I feel to be called to do this. And, and I just do love these guys. And they've been such a wonderful support to me, to our Carolina Preserve community. I love this church so much. I've seen these families grow up, and I think, oh, my gosh, what do these parents feed these children? They're so <laughs> tall. I don't recognize them from time to time because they're all sprouting up so big. But they're beautiful Christian men and women and children, and I just love these families here. And so I do want to pray for this, this, uh, this uh, church that we have, this body of Christ that we have meeting here. What a glorious time this is. And so will you bow your heads with me, and we will pray. I'll try not to be too long. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, we are so very, very, very grateful for your goodness to us. On this 10th anniversary here at Northwest Community Church, we give you all of our thanks and our praise for being with us and providing for us throughout these 10 years. Father, we found, found out that a church, as was mentioned before, is not a building. Mm -hmm. It is not just stained glasses and organs and all the amenities like I came from, but what I learned when I came here is that the church is the body, the people right here, the body of Christ. What a glorious lesson that was, because I had said in the beginning, Lord, you know I don't like to go to churches like that. <laughs> and he told me that this is where I was coming, and I've been grateful. Every time I come to church, I praise God that I was directed in that way. And so, Father, we just want to give thanks to all those who have participated in growing this church we just think of all the people it takes to set up a, a worship service and to have church every week, 10 years of Sundays. These people have come. They have come at oh dark hundreds in the winter, especially to drive all the equipment here. They've brought this equipment up and they've faithfully unloaded it. I saw those flags out in front of the church, the flags that said, this is the place. And so Father, I came, and I'm grateful for that. We see the equipments come in for hospitality and for people like Debbie who make the coffee, who buy the donuts, who prepare all those things. And there have been others before them that we're grateful to for starting this ministry. I think it's the many, many years that this has gone on and how we feel so welcome when we come through. And those greeters reach out and, and welcome us and there's no one that ever walks through those doors that aren't that aren't spoken to and blessed at least one time in their time here 
And so, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for the administration and the, the Sunday schools and the nursery, oh, and the, the music and the worship, the people that lead all those things. Oh, so many faithful servants, Lord. We just see them setting up in the nursery for every little need that they have for the Sunday schools, the leaders that they provide for our kids. It's fantastic. I see these big, tall men get down and, and speak to these children and teach them to love the Lord the way they do. What a privilege it is to, to walk back through our Sunday schools. We thank you for that. We thank you for our worship time that we have, that we can come in here and we can worship you and get sing music. We thank you for our musicians that provide all that music. And we can lift up our hands and praise you. We can do whatever we feel led to do, Lord. I thank you for the freedom that we have to worship here. We just thank you for all the Sunday school teachers, all the leaders in the middle school and the high school. What beautiful people we, they are. We've heard Adam and his passion for you and all the things that he's done to lead the high school students and, and lead them right to your throne room, Lord. We've heard their testimonies. We've heard beautiful Molly's voice last week just sing, and we said, wow, is that one of our kids? We can just hardly believe it. We are so, so blessed, dear Lord. And so we thank you. We thank you for all those who, who teach and set up. We thank you for all the strong bodies that bring all those things to us. And we thank you, Father, for the ministries. We thank you for those life groups that we do life together with. And we have life groups for every age. And we thank you for those who in leadership who just um, bring people together and they, and they know how to teach your word and to lead and to live your word. We thank you for the women's and the men's ministry and what that means to all of each one of us as we join into that ministry. We thank you for the outreach of this church and to our community. Father, we thank you for our missionaries. We thank you for those. We thank you for uh, Caleb and, and Nicolette. And we thank you for Dima and Maria. And we thank you for, the, for uh, Lindsay and Ryan. And we thank you for our special, special, precious friends, the Polcott people, and our ministry to them. What a, what, it's been exciting to see how that's grown and, and uh, to know that these people far away and we've met their pastors and what we mean to them and what they mean to us. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for these precious people. And Father, we just come to you today and we want to thank you for, for our leaders and for our administration of this church. We thank you for our staff who serve so well, so serve so faithfully and how they love us and how they serve us well. We thank you for our elders who have have been prayerful in leading us through many, many times of, of trials, of uh, just looking to you for the decisions that had to be made. Only you, Father, could show us the way to go. And we thank you for them and their, their dedication to us. We thank you for the deacons who serve us so beautifully we, and love our people. And Father, most of all, I thank you for our shepherds. I thank you for Brian and Matt and Jerry who love you and they serve you. They are so real, Lord. They, they share their lives with us. They share their, their, all their faults, their warts. They, they are so very real that they hold, they're just transparent and we love them so much. 
because they teach us. They, they teach us how as, um, as, as families to love one another. They teach us how, they show us how much they love their spouses and how uh, dedicated they are to you. Father, they, you know, they do have troubles and we don't, we aren't aware of them. We know that Satan is especially, especially at their heels, Father, nipping at them all the way, wanting no more than for our leaders to fall and to fail. But Father, we pray for them and we uphold them with our prayers and our love. And we thank you for them and we thank you've given us strong men, passionate men who love you dearly and who serve you so beautifully. Oh, Father, we, do th we are thankful people. Father, I pray for us today. I pray for all of us that we will keep our eyes upon you and your word in a time of lawlessness and apostasy. I pray that you will preserve us to the very end. May we go out of here as your ambassadors to spread the good news. Oh, we have an awesome God. We have so much to share. And Father, I just, I just pray that you will prepare us to open our mouths and to speak of you. And that we, we thank you that we know the gospel. We've been taught. We've heard every time the preaching that comes from this pulpit is always faithful and true. They always uphold your word. And they always remind you that we all are invited to come into your kingdom. We all come in. We're all invited to come. And we all come in the same way. We are all invited the same way by recognizing you as our Lord and Savior, recognizing that you are the only way, that you have laid down your life for us to walk across that wide, wide chasm between this side and to the very presence of our holy God. And we thank you for our Jesus. We thank you for the good news that we have to share and we pray that we're worthy ambassadors as we go out and that we will indeed be secure with him till the very end, no matter when that time comes, that we know and we're prepared. We thank you for your word and we love this church and we just uh, give you all the praise and the thanks and the glory for all that has transpired through good times and bad times. But we thank you for every, every trial, every good thing that has happened in this church. And we just honor you this day with our lives and with a recommitment to you and to this church. In Jesus' name, Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen.